This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Could hear what he was saying, but what we're talking about is a spiritual hearing. A hearing that happens or occurs in our spirit. Where the word of God is spoken and we receive it. Not just in our understanding, human intellect, but that we receive it in the spirit man. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we know how faith comes. It is through the word of God. We know that this statement is true as well. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God, you can't have faith to walk with God. Because it comes from his word. How were you born again? How did you receive Christ? You first had to hear about Christ, didn't you? You had to hear about him. You had to hear about what he had done. You had to hear about what God sent him into the earth to do. That he came to be our redeemer. He came to be our savior. He came to be the one who purchased us back from death. Who purchased us back from sin. Who purchased us back from sickness. And upon the hearing of that word, we then got to make a decision that yes, I need him to be my Lord and savior. So we believe in our heart. And then what we did, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says that we were saved. So Romans 10, again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know that faith begins where the will of God is known. But to truly know God's word, the truth of God's word must be spiritually discerned. The truth of God's word must be spiritually discerned. So that tells me that I can't rely on my own understanding. If God's word is to be spiritually discerned, I can't rely on my intellect alone. Is that right? I found out a long time ago I'm not smart enough. Right? No, no matter what type of education I have, I'm still not smart enough. Because the word is spiritual in nature. If I come to the word and I, I'm only approaching it with my intellect, there are going to be things in the word that I find that I don't understand. We're going to look at one a little bit later. Peter came, Peter, Peter came across several things when he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. The human mind says, that's water. Can't walk on water. That's what the human mind says. So if he was just operating with intellect alone, he would not have taken the step. But what he was doing is he was spiritually discerning the words that came from Jesus' mouth. And because he was spiritually discerning those words, he said, if the man said, come, I'm coming. No matter what's under, I'm coming. Because the moment I take the step, I've obeyed his word. And when I've obeyed his word, then he, it's up to him to make sure that whatever I step out on is going to hold me up. Spiritually discerned. Not mentally discerned. 
Because what's going to happen when you and I try to, if he doesn't bid us come, what's going to happen when you and I try to walk across a lake or a river or step across the swimming pool? We're going down. All right. We know that. All right. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now, we, we know that this is true, that we must spiritually discern the word of God. Not only do we see it in demonstration uh, in, when Jesus was here on the earth ministering and then in the lives of the d- disciples, but the Apostle Paul come, comes later, and by the Spirit of God, he tells us the same thing. Notice here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You have complete agreement with what we saw in the ministry of Jesus and what the Apostle Paul has written to us here in in 1 Corinthians. Complete agreement. For the natural mind or the natural man does not what? Receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Now, uh, what is the natural, what, what part of your makeup, your three-part makeup, is natural? Your body and your soul. Because the Bible says we have to do something with both of those. Our spirit man is recreated at, our, at, at the new birth. God has done a work within each one of us, causing our spirit man to be recreated. So that's, that's God's part, but he tells us in his word, our part is to renew our mind and to keep under our body. Isn't that right? Renew our mind and keep under our body. So the natural man is your body and your mind. And it says to be spiritually discerned, that means it has to come from our spirit man. Again, let's remind ourselves, what did Jesus say? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I praise God that you are people who have ears to hear. I thank God for that. I do. Uh, Because, you know, to to come uh, weekend after weekend and to know that you're doing the purpose of God and you're fulfilling what God has for you, you are here for the right reason. And you want everything that God has for you. I, I can just tell you, that as, as, you, as you have opportunities, to, as I have had opportunities to minister, you don't always, uh, the people that you minister to don't always pull on you like you are pulling. There's a hunger here that you don't find everywhere that you go. Amen? And it's wonderful. So what I, what I sense then is that you are spiritually discerning. You are listening with your spiritual ears to know the will of God, to know the purpose of God, to know the word of God, that you may accomplish that which he has purposed for you to accomplish. So we have to know it. They are spiritually discerned. Now to discern means to scrutinize or to investigate. To scrutinize or to investigate. 
Well, how do we do that? We just stay in the Word and we meditate it. Stay in the Word and meditate it. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Spirit. He will reveal things to us. He will show us of things to come. He will lead us in paths of righteousness. So we can never underestimate the value of the Holy Spirit in our life and when we are studying His Word. Well, if we're going to spiritually discern the Word of God, then that means we need to know how to rightly divide the Word of Truth. Don't we? We need to learn to rightly divide the Word of Truth. Of course, you know 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 tells us that. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Didn't say study to show thyself approved unto man. Now, we understand you're in school, and we understand as a part of that there are exams that you take, and that's, that's good and well, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, what I want, and probably what you want as well, is we want God to be pleased with what we're doing. Everything that we do, every action that we take, we want God to be pleased. Did you know that God had that to say about His Son? This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now let's talk about why was God well pleased. He was submitted, yes. There was definitely faith in operation in, in Jesus' ministry. Another one was, is that he was, uh, when he said submitted, he did the will of the Father. 100% of the time. We talked about it yesterday. I was able to do healing school. We talked a little bit about it there. Jesus never did what he wanted to do. Some may argue, well, what do you mean he never did what he wanted to do? Jesus only did what the Father, yes, he only did what the Father wanted to do. Even though he was in a human body, being in a human body, don't you think that he had uh, uh, desires or thoughts to do things? Sure. But the Bible clearly tells us, and then Jesus, by his own testimony, clearly tells us he only did that, what the, that which the Father wanted him to do. He fully accomplished and fulfilled the will that the Father had sent him in the earth to do. Aren't we glad? We wouldn't be here. We would be here, but we wouldn't be in this place together like we are today had Jesus not 100% fulfilled the will of the Father. Amen? Amen? We are spiritually blessed. And because we're spiritually blessed, we want to make sure that we are receiving from the Word all that we can have from the Word. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's see, how to rightly divide the word of truth. Now, let's talk about that. What we have to realize is that we have to allow the word to interpret itself. We have to allow the word of God to interpret itself in the light of God's revealed character and God's revealed will. So in other words, the Bible itself will show us how it, how it should be interpreted. Rightly dividing the word. Now, if it's going to be revealed, God's character is going to be revealed and his will is going to be revealed. I can only think of one example that meets that 100% and that was the life of Jesus. Jesus is the expression of God's will 
in the earth. So what we could say is that if we see Jesus doing it, it's God's will. If we hear Jesus saying it, that's God's will. Because he didn't say anything or he didn't do anything that wasn't the will of the Father. So we find God's character and his nature in the man Jesus. Jesus becomes the express image of God in the earth to reveal God's character and his nature. Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1 and 15. It tells us that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He is the image of the invisible God. The Bible asks the question, who at any time has seen God the Father? Let me ask you, have you ever seen God with your human eyes? Me either. But the word reveals it to reveals him to us. I don't have to see him to know he exists. I have to read his word and I have to understand the life of Jesus to know what he's done for me. Now can we see why what the Bible has in it is spiritually discerned? You've heard the expression, to see it is to believe it. You ever heard that? Seeing is believing. Right? Seeing is believing. Not for us. Why? Because we're people of faith. Amen? We're people of power. Not our own strength, not our own power. Power of God that works in us. Amen? So God, God is a God who, who has shown himself, revealed himself in his son, Jesus. Uh, John 8, 29. John chapter 8, verse 29. John chapter 8, verse 29 says this. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. For I always do those things that please him. Jesus said, for I always do those things that please him. Can I ask you a question? Do you have that testimony? Okay, so let, let's, let's talk about that. Because it could come in time frames. Right? The more you're learning and the more you're understanding about God and his character and his nature... This is the path you're on to be able to say that. For I always do the will of the Father. Before you knew or before you were uh, uh, desiring to come and be a part of Ramah, or even maybe well before that, there may, be in a, may have been a time where you couldn't say that, that everything that I have done has pleased the Father. But you know what we found out? It's real important. God doesn't hold our past against us. Does he? Because God has a future for us. And what we're doing is we're lining ourselves up with that future to be able to walk in the path that he is laying out before us. And we have to walk that path by faith. Do we know everything that God has for us out in the future? No. Do we know his purpose? We may have an idea of what he's called us to do. 
but do we know how it's going to be accomplished each step of the way? We don't know how it's going to be accomplished. And sometimes it's a good thing that we don't know how it's going to be accomplished. Because if we really were able to see the fullness of what he has for us, it may stop us right here. Because our natural mind, because the things of God are spiritually discerned, if, if that was the case, then our natural mind may stop us where we are. That can't, not me, God. You know, that seems too big or seems impossible. Of course, we know it's nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Nothing is impossible. So we're just allowing him to what? Order our steps each and every, every time we, we make a step or make a movement. So Jesus made the statement, for I always do the things that please him. Now, that ties right back into what we're saying is that Jesus is the revealing of God's character and his will. What is God's character? We find it in Jesus. What is his will? We find it in Jesus. Now, uh, what we have to do, though, even though we can read what God has done in the life of Jesus, what we have to do, get in the word and find out what God has for us. Or we could say it like this. Let him reveal his promises to us personally. So the Bible is written for everyone, but it's written for me. Right? It's written for me. It's written for everyone, but it's written for me. When I'm talking about me, it's written for me. Do you believe the Bible's written for you? Yes. Do you believe that in, in the pages of the Bible is what you need to fulfill God's plan for your life? Yes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So we have to allow it to reveal itself. God, let God reveal his promises to you personally. Now we say it like this, the word of God must come alive to us personally in order for us to be fully persuaded or full of faith. Fully persuaded and full of faith, the word of God has to come alive on the inside. Now, how does the word of God come alive on the inside of us? Through our study of the word, through our meditation of the word. What does it mean to meditate the word? Yes, to mutter. Say it over and over to yourself. Roll it around. Revolve it in your mind. Think on it. Ponder it. Uh, uh, consider what is it saying. Does it, does it you know... When you, when you sit in classes like you're sitting, after a while, it doesn't take long. And I can tell uh, it doesn't take long for the word of God to get in, in your heart. So we know the word of God. Does it take much effort as we're going about our daily lives to take the time to think about God's word? It doesn't take much effort at all. I can be doing something else physically, but have my mind focused on what the word of God is saying. So it's the moment where God, where as I meditate on that word of God, the, the moment that revelation comes, that's the moment where faith has come alive on the inside. I'll tell you, uh, I told this story and I'll, I'll uh, tell you guys as well. Yesterday, I told the story and I'll tell it again today. Um, Brother Hagen was at our church in 1999 for a Holy Ghost meeting. We were having uh, two weeks of, of services with him, and I was outside, and I was working the parking lot, directing traffic, and helping people in and out. 
And uh, be, before that, as, as a, a teenager, I kept making this, I'm making this statement because my grandfather had had problems with his knees and my knees were hurting. So I, kept, I always had made this statement, I have my grandfather's knees. See, right, that's, that's what I'm thinking now. I, that's the, what I would say, I have my grandfather's knees. I would always make that statement. Well, that particular night, one particular night during those meetings, my knees were really hurting. I went inside, I sat down, and, and I just, they hurt. I'm like, this shouldn't be so. I have a better covenant than this. I have access to a power that moves me beyond this pain. So that night, Brother Hagin didn't minister, but his grandson, Craig Hagin, ministered. Of course, he himself had been healed by the power of God, healed of a brain tumor. He began to minister to us on blind Bartimaeus. How when Jesus came by, blind Bartimaeus did what? He cried out, Jesus, son, David, have mercy. What happened? People around him did what? Don't do that. Don't bother the master. He says, stop. And he did what? Louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he began to minister that way. And I just knew, man, faith began to rise up on the inside of me. Oh, and we got to a level. And all of a sudden, somewhere in the middle of that, I said, tonight is my night. I said, tonight is my night. I will receive that which God has done for me. So, of course, at the end of service, he asked for those who wanted to, uh, to have hands laid on them to come down. Before he had the full sentence completed, I was up out of my seat, heading down to be, to be ministered to. Well, I, I have to be honest with you. When he laid hands on me, I didn't feel anything instantly. But on the inside, feeling, if we're feeling in our human body, I didn't feel anything instantly. But down here in my heart, I had been fully persuaded because the word of God had come alive on the inside of me. I was fully persuaded that what he had said in his word, that Jesus was my healer, was mine and it was mine now. So I walked away and, and I, I really didn't think much more of it. I didn't worry or, or what. I just went about my, my, my business. It was probably two days later. I was walking around and I stopped. I said, you know what? I said, my knees aren't hurting. The pain is gone. Now, I don't know why I was so surprised because that's why I went down there. But, <laughs> but I, I guess it wasn't so much a surprise as it was a, a sudden realization that it had made its manifestation. Because sometimes in faith, you see it afar off. It's not in your possession yet, but by faith, you know it belongs to you. And that's what had happened. By faith, when I went down there, I knew it was mine, even though the manifestation wasn't there yet. I didn't let go of the word of God that I had received, but I knew that he was going to work it in my body as long as I held on to what his word said, which is exactly what I did a couple days later. Guess what? The manifestation showed up. Let me remind you what year that was. 1999. Today, 2013. Guess what? Still healed. Why? Because the word works. 
And faith in the word works. Now, that's not to say that my knees don't have a chance or an opportunity to hurt, but I, I talk to them. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you. So you remember what I said about my knees? I said I have my grandfather's knees. Well, guess what? That, that's a, that was a bad confession, wasn't it? I kept saying that. So at the day that I realized my knees had, had stopped hurting, the Holy Spirit immediately arrested me. He says, now you've got your healing. You've got to change your words. Yeah. And of course, I've, you know, I, I've grown up under Pastor Cowan. That teaching. I knew better. And I said, yes, sir. I will submit. I will do what is right. So I stopped that. And so at, now when my knees try to hurt, I talk to them. And I say the right thing. I said, you have to remember something, knees. You were healed. <laughs> right? Just talk to him. Just say, hey, look, by faith, I was healed. And you're going to keep the healing that I had received. Because people sometimes do what? They'll, they'll receive a healing, but somewhere along the line, they lose it. Well, I don't want to lose anything that God has done for me. I don't want to lose any goodness that God has brought to my life. I want to keep it, and I want to let that be a witness or be a testimony to others that if God will do it for me, He will do it for you too. The only, the only ingredient that you need that maybe you don't have is faith. Not you, as if I'm talking to someone you know, individually. Hallelujah. So the Word of God must come to, to, alive to us personally. All right? Now, let's see how to link this together. Okay, so in the Word of God, when, as we're reading our Bible, and it says the Word, there's two possible Greek words that those, that, that comes from. Uh, two Greek words are logos, logos, or rhema. Okay, those two words. Logos is what? The written word. Rhema is spoken word. All right? So we have to be able, as we are rightly dividing the word of truth, we have to be able to rightly divide which one it is. Because the, the Logos is the word that is written to us all as Christians. But there will be a spoken word, a rhema, that will come to us as individuals. Is that right? Now, there's going to be different answers for this question, but how did you get to Rhema Bible Training Center, Nigeria? How did you get here? Not how did you arrive, but what was the, the catalyst to cause you to come to Rhema? You had to probably what? Hear something. Now, I'm not talking about hear something from a man. I'm talking about hear something from God in your spirit. Right? Now, the Logos is the written word of God. It is the, the full counsel of God's word. That's written to us as Christians. But the rhema is that which is spoken into us by the spirit of God. And we have a chance to what? Exercise our will to do that word. Now, what would have happened if God was prompting you to come to Ramah, Nigeria, but you ignored the prompting? Well, you were exercising your will not to obey that word. Pastor Cowan was talking about that yesterday, exercising of the will. Okay? 
But guess what? You did. You exercised your will. And let's look at some examples where others also exercised their will to do the word as well. Go to Luke chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 1, and we're going to look at Peter and what Jesus spoke to him here. Now, we've already looked at Peter as Jesus spoke, come. Let's look at something else that Jesus said to Peter. Luke 5, verse 1, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. I love reading through the Gospels. And looking at when people came to hear, to hear Jesus, we, talk, we see the multitude and, and all of that. Not, I'm sure there were some people who came just to see what he was doing. In other words, they were interested in the, uh, the miraculous. But we also know that many people came because they had a sincere desire to hear what he was saying. So they weren't just onlookers, they were interested in what he was ministering. So it says here that, he, that they pressed about him to what? Hear the word of God. That he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon. Now, let's, let's put this in, in context. The boats were there. The fishermen, Simon being one, was doing what? Washing. Washing their nets. He sees the boat. He jumps in a boat. He launches out. That means Peter is still there. So whatever he heard... Jesus' minister, it doesn't tell us what Jesus said right there. As he ministered to the multitude, it doesn't tell us everything he said. But we know Peter was present. We know Peter was hearing. And we know Peter was hearing. The difference between hearing and hearing, spiritually hearing what God is saying. So then he says... To Peter, Simon, he says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now just look at the words of Jesus. He says, let's go out into the deep. He says, I don't want you to cast your net. And I'm not hoping that you're going to pull something in. I know you're going to have a catch. Those were the words of Jesus. He says, let, let, let's launch out. Let down your nets because you're going to catch something. That's where Jesus was coming from. Now, what is, how does Simon answer? How does Peter answer? But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Jesus, don't you understand? Jesus, don't you see? We've been out here all night. Don't forget, I am the fisherman. (laughs) 
One thing we have to remember, though, is the Bible says that what? God will make us fishers of men. So what Peter didn't realize, maybe he, uh, Peter did realize, that Jesus was casting his net at the same time Peter was going to cast his net. What was Jesus casting the net for? He needed disciples. What was Peter casting his net for? He needed fish, but more importantly than fish, he needed to see faith in operation. Didn't he? He needed to see faith in operation. All right, so Peter said this, but notice the word that comes right after caught nothing. Say it again. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. His, his will has come into subjection to what Jesus is saying. He is operating his will to come into alignment with what Jesus is asking. I've called nothing. I've been out there all night. Matter of fact, I've been cleaning my nets so that I could put them away to do it all again tonight. Because that's how I do things. How many times we tell people that, right? No, look, this is how I do it. Nevertheless, at thy word, Rama. At thy word. That was a Rama word spoken by Jesus to Peter that Peter would be able to either by his will accept it and act upon it or go his way. But what did Peter do? He accepted it and he acted upon it. He says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Now you think about this. Peter's the fisherman. What he needs to sustain his business are fish. God has asked of him something. His time, his boat, now his net. But God is returning to him what he needs to keep his business going properly. And at the same time, Jesus is drawing Peter in. He's drawing Peter in. So here, here Peter is. He's trying to get the, the net in the boat. It's about to break. He has to call the other boat in. Jesus is just pulling Peter in. Jesus is pulling his net in. Peter's in the net. He says, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I've caught a good one today. Jesus says, I've caught a good one today. <laughs> right? Jesus said, I've got a boy. This is a big one today. Now, let's put it into perspective. Why could Jesus say that? Jesus, through the Spirit of God, I believe, knew what was coming. Because who was it who stood up on the day of Pentecost? Jesus went fishing when Peter went fishing. And from one catch that Jesus made, Jesus was then by proxy able to be a fisherman of how many? 3,000. 5,000. Is that right? But it was an exercising of his will, Peter's will, 
to receive the word of God, to rightly divide the word of truth, and to spiritually discern. See, if he would have mentally discerned that word, chances are he would have put his nets away, gone home, had some sleep, and come back and had done it all again the next night. Had he mentally tried to discern those words. But Peter says, no, there's something else going on here. I just listened to this man minister to the multitude. What he said, something that Jesus said that day got Peter's attention. And because it got his attention, Peter listened. And as he listened with these ears, all of a sudden something here began to perk up. And when from here he says, oh, oh, wait a minute. This man speaks in a way I've never heard. This man is saying things I've never heard. This man is giving me instruction, but he's not just instructing me. He's instructing all of us. Then Jesus turns and says, hey, Peter, I've got a job for you. Let's just go out here a little ways. Cast out your net. You've been so kind to let me use your boat. Come on, let's go get you some fish. I know you've worked all night and you didn't catch anything. Let's go out here a little way. Cast your net. I'll make up for it because you've been so good to give, of, give to me what is yours. Which reminds me of the scripture. Much in the hand, little in the hands of us given to God is much. In other words, he'll take whatever we give him and he'll make much out of it. So when we just yield and give of ourselves, give of your time to serve God, give of the talents that God have put on, has put on the inside of you to serve God. You may not see it instantly happen, but over time, if you remain faithful to the plan and purpose of God, God will see to it that that faithfulness is rewarded. He's a faithful God who never goes back on his word. Amen. So don't forget, faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God, but the hearing that needs to happen is what? Spiritual hearing. We need to understand that when God speaks to us through and by his word, not only is it for all of us together, but at times he will reveal the word to us individually. Warning. How many times have you been studying yourself? You've been reading or meditating a scripture and all of a sudden that word springs up in you. I mean, there's an excitement there. You said, oh my goodness. Holy, and you look back again. You, you kind of wipe your eyes and you say, did I just see that? And you look back and the Holy Spirit says, yes, you did just see that. That is the truth of my word. And it was for you. And it is for you. Take it. Use your will. Act upon it. Let, let this, uh, this word be the catalyst to your faith to cause that thing which I have spoken to you to come to pass. You know, God's not, he'll give us instruction, but he's not coming and making us follow that instruction. It was, it was Peter's choice that day, wasn't it? To cast, to, to launch out. It was Peter's choice. He did ask him, he made a request, but Peter didn't have to follow. Is God making a request of us? Yes. Is it up to us whether we follow? Absolutely. What have we decided to do? What have we decided to do? We are going to follow the word of God. We are going to follow that which he has given to us. We are going to allow the word to be on the inside of us. Let it be rich. Let it be full of life because we have we know that we have a plan and a purpose God given to us 
to do that which he has called you to do. Uh, now, just, you know, just quickly by the show of hands, uh, you know in your heart, raise your hand, you know in your heart that, that God has a good ministry for you. I mean, you don't know the fullness of it yet, but in your heart, you know that God has called you to be in ministry. Yes, sir. I see those hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is it, what is it going to take? It's going to take spiritual hearing to fulfill the plan that God has for you. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't let circumstances determine your answer. Only let the word of God determine what your answer will be. Only let the word of God determine how you're going to receive the word of God. Act upon it and activate that which God has given to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I'm done a little early, but you probably won't mind that. Amen? Uh, I, have, I heard one bell. I didn't hear the second bell. Are we close? Five minutes? My goodness. Well, let's see what else I can say. All right. All right, let's go to one more. Go to Luke. You're close by there. Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 37. Luke 1, 37. All right, you ready? Luke 1, verse 37. It says, For with God nothing will be impossible. For with God nothing will be impossible. For Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, right? Sometimes our circumstances tell us that it's impossible. Doesn't it? Peter, Peter's having to, to within himself, hmm, I don't know if this guy knows what he's talking about. Now, I'm not really sure about this fishing thing, but okay, I, I, feel, I feel like, like he's taught and he's done right. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now listen to what the Amplified Bible translation says. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now notice there's something in, in this translation Missing something in the Amplified that's missing in the King James or the New King James. Word. It's the rhema. So the King James says what? For nothing, nothing will be impossible with God. The Amplified says no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. No word from God is without the power required to cause that thing to come into being. You got the word, you've got the power. You've got the word, you've got what it needs to see that word through. Amen? Now, notice what uh, Mary said immediately after that in verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. So that is our, that is our statement today. Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Now that literally means, certainly his written word, but that also means his rhema word. Because a rhema word for me, obviously, is going to be different than a rhema word for you. Because a rhema word for me deals with me and where he wants me to go and what he wants me to do for his plans and his purposes. But for you, that would be something different. But we have to be able to what? Spiritually discern. 
hear in our heart and know that the Word of God is leading us down the right way. And say, God, I thank you. I thank you for your Word. And just, just begin to praise Him. Uh, that we have the word. You begin to praise him that his word is true. Begin to praise him that indeed, Father God, your rhema word in our lives once acted upon will release the power needed to see that that word will come to pass. So Lord, we just thank you today. We glorify you. Lord, we desire to know your word. Father, we desire to hear what you are speaking and saying to us. Lord, that we would then come into complete agreement and full alignment, Father, with the plan and purpose that you have. Father, for us in this room, Father, Lord, that we would go forth, Lord, and accomplish that which you have called us to do. Lord, not that we would be lifted up or exalted, but Lord, we desire that you would be lifted up. We desire that you would draw men unto you as we lift Jesus higher. Father God, that is our desire. So Lord, we thank you for your word and we glorify in it today and we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor in this place. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God is good. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.